Lisa Nichols is CEO at Technology Partners, an award-winning certified women business enterprise that provides premier IT staffing and solutions across the United States. Lisa also serves as host of the Something Extra podcast, where she sits down with leaders from around the world as they share their stories and show us what it takes to influence, encourage, and be a true leader in our daily lives. Lisa, my friend, welcome to Down 40 Love. Renee, it is so good to see you. I love every time that you and I are together. You and I have said iron sharpens iron, and that's the way that I look at you. Renee, I come away a better person after having spent time with you, so I know we're going to have fun. Thank you so much. I always learn so much for you, so let's dig right in. How did your leadership journey begin? You know, I think I gravitated toward leadership at a very early age. I'm not sure if I ever told you this, but I started my first flower business when I was seven. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about that on another day. Uh, It was going very swimmingly well until my dad uh, figured out that I had stolen the flowers. So I stole my my goods. <laughs> so I've gotten a lot wiser since then, Renee. And you know, I I purchased those things now. But um, yeah, I was I was seven, and then I was thinking about it, and I love this love this question because it really kind of does make you kind of go back and reflect. But when I was in third grade, I started a bike club. Now, okay, so Renee. I did not have a mission statement. We did not have a budget approval process. I did collect <laughs> dues. <laughs> and then I think I buried the those in a mason jar somewhere in the yard. I'm not really sure what the vision or the mission was <laughs> of that little buying club. But what I do know is that I just had this desire to create a community for the kids to gather and to have fun and, you know, have some sort of purpose, whatever that was. But um Yeah. So that was third grade. And then as I got into high school, yeah, I assumed leadership roles there. I was the secretary of our freshman and sophomore class. And then I became the president of our junior senior class. So I was always looking to assume those roles, but, but yeah, I will say, and I think I attribute so much of this to my mom and dad. It truly was not about me though. I was just looking for a way to serve my class and to, to really help our school get on the map and you know do great things in the community and um you know that sort of thing so yeah um but i love i love leadership i think i've been a student of leadership my whole life and um have been a voracious reader as i know you have too on the on the le- the leadership topic so you've been entrepreneurial really from day 1 what's your definition of an entrepreneur I think an entrepreneur definitely is a risk taker, but it is a person that really sees the world. It's I, I heard it one time said that an entrepreneur is either going to, to find a gap with something that has not existed before and create something, or they're going to be entrepreneurial in how they improve something. So maybe something was already there. Um, but then how can you improve upon that and build, build something that has more of a competitive edge maybe than what's already out there. So, uh, but definitely a risk taker. Um, I think certainly an entrepreneur is, is somebody who really is willing to work hard because as you know, Renee, it's hard work, it's hard work and it, it can be consuming and there's, 
you certainly had to put guardrails around that. But um, yeah. And so interestingly enough, my husband, Greg, has a lot of the same quality. So he started uh, his own <laughs> business when he was in college. And so it was a good marriage on on many fronts for us. What's the relationship um, from your perspective between entrepreneurship and leadership? Or what are some of the key differences there? That's a really good question. Um, entrepreneurship, I, I still think that is creating something that maybe was not there and improving where leadership truly is, I mean, I, there's many, many definitions of leadership, but you know, I've got one here, um, Tony Robbins, I'm sure you've studied him, Renee, but he said the definition of leadership is to influence, inspire, and help others become their best selves, building skills and achieving common goals together. And I think that that for me is leadership is really about leading other people toward a common goal and again to help them be their best selves and i think personally i think we need we need to learn to lead ourselves first i know you believe that as well yes. you learn to lead yourself to be the best self that you can be but then um as you get into a leadership role impacting other people to to see and maybe see things in themselves that they never recognized um, and then leading them toward a common goal. I think you'll appreciate this quote by Jack Welch, who said, you know, before you become a leader, success is all about yourself. Once you become a leader, success becomes all about others. It is so true. I love that. And I've seen that in my own life. And I will tell you early in my career, Renee, I'm just going to be vulnerable. It probably was more about me and what I could accomplish and the goals that I can accomplish. Today, it is really more than the what, it's about the who. Who can I impact? Who can I make a difference? And who who can I bring along with me and, and help them realize their dreams and their visions? Lisa, who were two to three mentors, early mentors for you? And what were some of the leadership lessons you learned from them? Great question. Well, I first of all have to say my parents. My dad and mom both taught me about God and having faith in God. And as you know, you know me well, that has been an underlying foundation for me. That is my foundation. But my dad was probably one of the hardest workers I ever have met. And he taught me the value of hard work. He also taught me um, about personal responsibility. So going back to the flower story, <laughs> Renee, yes, please. When, when my dad, <laughs> so I had this idea of starting this flower business. And so I was about seven, our neighbors next door had beautiful flower gardens. And I decided one day that I would go over there, pick the, the blooms off their jonquils, stick a pin in them and, and go around and sell them as corsages. <laughs> So the the business was going really well. I'm like, boy, I created this thing out of nothing, you know, and a few flowers from our neighbor's garden. But when dad found out what I had done, uh, boy, he was like, Lisa, you need to go back. You need to give the money back to everybody you took money from. Then you need to go over to Smith's <laughs> house and knock on the door and apologize for selling for for stealing their flowers. Yeah. And I have thought about that so many times, Renee, but that was kind of how he was. You take personal responsibility for what you did. And he did not. And I, I've been guilty of this. I know I've been guilty of this in my parenting, sometimes rescuing my children. Mm -hmm. He could have easily have rescued me. 
he could have easily gone over there with me, Renee, and said, I'm so sorry, you know, Lisa stole your flowers and how can we make it up to you? But no, he put that personal responsibility on me. He said, go make it right with our, with our neighbors. And uh, so the personal responsibility, taking responsibility. And I would say the other thing, both my mom and dad taught me this. They taught me the value of relational capital. So my dad, um, very gregarious, very outgoing, very much of an extrovert, never met a stranger. I can remember Renee being on trips. I can remember one trip to Gatlinburg and our family had gone on vacation and my mom and I had gone into a shop to, to shop. We come out, dad in, you know, I was probably maybe 11 or 12. My dad's sitting on a bench with a man and they are just having this, you know, really dynamic conversation. (laughs) And I'm like, dad, do you know him afterwards? And he said, no, but I do now. (laughs) And, uh, and my mom was the same way. She, she, um, was awarded most friendly in high school. And so I watched her build friendships with people, Renee and serve. My mom was a servant so she she was always doing things for other people, building friendships, and she had friendships that lasted her lifetime. They're both passed; they've both passed away now. Uh, but yeah, just the value of relational capital and having people around you. But you know, the Bible. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the Bible. The Bible says to have friends, you have to be a friend. Yes, and like you've been to me for so so many years now. I'm so appreciative of that. Um, Can you take this concept and this principle of relational capital and tie it in for us into your technology partners organization story there? Absolutely. I can do that. It's been a huge part of the secret of our success is, is building those relationships along the way. And I, let me just say one thing, Renee, because you probably have people that are leaders, emerging leaders that are listening. Um, don't don't discount that. Don't discount building a network along the way. We need people. We need people in our life. Um, we we need to be giving to other people, and and you know sometimes we need to be the one to receive because it's hard. An entrepreneurial journey is very hard and there's going to be times where you feel like you're knocked down, but you need a tribe that you can lean into. So I would say, don't discount that. And a lot of times I see leaders that are so micro-focused on what they're doing that they're not out there meeting people and building those relationships. So don't discount that. But so I had mentioned my husband, Greg. So upon graduation, from college, we were recruited by McDonnell Douglas, which, as you know, is now Boeing. He was a software engineer. I was an accountant by education. Um, so I did corporate accounting for them for about five years. And then I left and went into corporate sales. So this is where my natural ability to build those relationships really flourished because I that's what that's what sales is, is building relationships with people and um, getting to where there is this mutual respect and and trust between you to say, I'm not here to sell you something that you don't need. I want to be a trusted advisor. I want to be a friend. 
I want to be that person in your life that helps you get to the next level. And goodness gracious, if anybody knows that you do, Renee, because that's what you do all the time is help people reach the next level. But um, so we did that. We we worked in corporate America for about 10 years. And then uh, 29 years ago, we decided to take that leap to be entrepreneurs and to start start technology partners. Um, so, you know, along the way and technology partners, we're headquartered here in St. Louis. We offer, we started more as an IT staffing company. And now we are offering solutions, which I'll break that down. And that would be something like web and mobile development, helping companies migrate to the cloud. So many companies are trying to figure out how they get their servers, how do they get everything off-prem, go to the cloud. We have a huge data science, data analytics, artificial intelligence practice. Um, So even these emerging technologies uh, we've gotten into because what we say, our tagline is we are harnessing the power of technology to improve the world. And really what we mean by that, let's just take, for instance, Bear. Bear, their mission is to feed the world. Well, when our team goes in there and they're a piece of the puzzle of what Bear is trying to do, we are part of that story too of improving the world. So um, that that has just been, um, it's been just an amazing journey. But all along the way, Renee, as an entrepreneur, you do not have all the answers. I don't have all the answers now. In fact, the older I get, the fewer answers I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> but leaning into other people and building that network along the way that you can lean into and say, hey, I've got this challenge or we're going through this. How did you get through this? It's very, very important. And then certainly when you think about scaling your business, um, I've got a friend, Bob Bodine, Renee in Dallas, and he wrote the book, The Power of Who. You're a voracious reader. I know we've, we've shared. It out. <laughs> You'll love it. You will love it because he said he was really in the, the search um, world for like coaches and sports professionals. Okay. And he said that really he'd been kind of taught, oh, you don't do business with your friends. And he said (laughs) one day he had this epiphany and he had traveled, I want to say like 600,000 miles. I mean, something ridiculous, right? He had scads of people in his Rolodex. He said he kind of took it and he kind of stepped back from that. And he went and looked at how many thousands of people in the Rolodex he had really done business with how many people had helped him 86 people (laughs) out of thousands so he said his whole paradigm changed on that and he said so you're telling me I should not be friends with people I should not do business with friends so you're telling me that I need to go and do business with people that I don't know and I don't like (laughs) no do business with your friends. So his thing is the power of who. So it's really those hundred people that are going to help you scale. And and I would say that has been so true with us and how we've scaled. You know, maybe it is um, building a relationship with a leader at XYZ company 
and building a really trusted relationship and doing fantastic work for them, that leader goes to ABC company. What do you think is going to happen? What you hope is going to happen is they say, we need technology partners. So that that is just been a very organic, natural way that we have grown. But that relational capital, you build the relation relational capital, I believe, by doing good work, by being a trusted partner, by giving before you receive. I know you've read Bob Berg's book, Go Giver. That's the whole premise of that, right? You give before you receive. And I guarantee you when you do things that way, it will come back to you. And those people, when you need them, you will be able to lean on them and it won't feel icky because you have been that trusted partner and you've been that person for them as well. Lisa, what does down 40 love mean to you? Yeah, I love how you define it. <laughs> the adversities and the setbacks and turning those into competitive advantages. Listen, we are all going to have highs and we're going to have lows. And I've had lots of failures personally, and we've had failures in our organization, but it's all about your perspective, Renee, and how you look at those things. It, or do they feel fun? Do they feel good? No, they do not. And you can sit with that for a while, right? It's okay to feel those icky emotions around that, but what are you going to do with it? And I know for us, I've got so many anecdotal stories of things that where things were not going well, or, or maybe we, we made some missteps, but then how do you look at that and turn it around as a competitive advantage? Can um, you share your alley story with us? And, and in oh, terms of down 40 love. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for asking me that question. So Allie is 28. Allie's our youngest child. And we have two older children that really textbook pregnancies, textbook labors, typically developing children. Um, and then along comes Allie and we find out that Allie has Down syndrome. And we never knew anyone with Down syndrome. We didn't really know what that meant for us. We didn't know what that meant for her or our family. So we had natural questions. So if there is somebody out there, Renee, that has just found out that that's, or, or has a child that was just born, we had questions too. It's very natural. I mean, I remember thinking, what does this mean for her? What if kids are mean to her? What if kids call her unkind things, right? But one thing I have learned about that is just to take one day at a time and not to look too far in the future because you may be worried about things. And I don't know what the stat is, Renee, but I think it's like 80% of the things we worry about <laughs> never even happen. So you can conjure up all these scenarios in your mind. I can remember me thinking, well, the other two will be driving. What if she's not able to drive? What if she's really sad about that? Well, if you talk to Allie, she'd say, I don't want to drive because it's very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't even think about it. Right. But I could have sat there and worried about it. Um, but Allie has truly been one of my greatest teachers, one of my greatest teachers every day. She's teaching me so much. And, you know, I have a podcast called something extra and Allie was the inspiration behind that. So something extra 
Down syndrome is an extra 21st chromosome. So scientifically, Allie has something extra in her DNA. But she's also got something extra, you know, just in who she is. Her EQ, Renee, <laughs> is off the charts. Um, and EQ, as you know, is really as important, if not more important than IQ. I think it's becoming more important, Renee, because I had um, a gentleman, Phil Johnson, he's an emotional guru um, out of Canada. He was on the podcast. This will give your listeners some perspective. So Einstein, I think his IQ was 146. I want to say something between 140, 146. AI's IQ will be a thousand. Wow. So you cannot, but EQ is something that AI cannot do. So that's a good place for us to, to spend some time developing our EQ, our emotional quotient, our emotional intelligence. And it can be 400% more powerful, truly, than IQ. How does your faith govern your relationship with adversity and continually building your EQ? How does that work? That's a great question. Well, you know, faith is really important to me. It is the foundation of who I am. Um, so I love that you asked me that question. You know, as we, as I'd said before, there are going to be adversities. I don't care who you are. There's going to be adversities. There's going to be setbacks. Yours looks different than mine, Renee, but we all have them. Um, for me, there's a few things. My faith guides me through those times. Cause there's a few things that I know that are true. And I hope you don't mind me quoting. I've got a few scriptures here because your listeners may want to go back and, and look at sure. these. Let's roll. But, okay. But <laughs> number one, I'm never alone in that adversity. God is always with me. Isaiah 41 10 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So I'm never alone in the adversity. Number two, any need I have, I know I can approach him boldly about that need and he's going to hear me. So Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Then I, I believe he's sovereign. And even when I'm going through diverse or adverse times, he can turn those into good things. He can turn those into good things. So Romans 8, 28, Renee says, and we know that in all things, God works to the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Now, he does not say those things are fun. <laughs> But at the end of the day, and just like Allie, I will tell you, there were just a few words that I hung on to after Allie was born. And the words were, do I trust you, God? Do I trust you, God? There were so many unknowns, so many things I did not have answers to, Renee, 
but I would look back at my life and go, has he been faithful? Was he faithful in this situation? Yes. Was he faithful in that situation? He's been so good to me in all these situations. So at the end of the day, I don't understand. There are things that I don't have answers to, but at the end of the day, I'm going to trust because I trust in his character and I trust who he is. And I know you and I've talked offline and you would say the same thing. There's been times in your life, you know, that he had his hand on you and someone else may say (laughs) circumstance, you know, that's just the way it was, but no, God had his hand on you and protected you. And I know that that is true in my own life. So the adversity, the tough times that we go through, do I like them? Absolutely not. But am I going to trust him that he's going to pull me through? Yes, I am because he always has. I love that. And, you know, it makes me think it's so important for us as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as coaches, as mentors um, to embrace paradox. And, And what does that mean? It means that, number one, you need to take agency for who you are, what you do and where you're going. But at the same time, acknowledge that there's a greater power in the universe, you know, we didn't just happen to be here. You know, everybody has a purpose Mm -hmm. and everybody has what it takes to succeed. It's already inside of you, you know? So I I love, you know, everything that you've shared with us and really feel blessed and lucky, you know, to have you, you know, in front of our audience today. Um, What would you like your legacy to be? Lisa? I love that question. I love that question. And I think it's one that we all need to wrestle with all the time, right? And make sure that we are being true to 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 what we want our legacy to be. I think about um I think about Renee, I think about Stephen Covey. Yeah, you know, start with the end of mind. Um really knowing what we're shooting for. So I love that question. There is, um, cause I know you'll love this too. Mark Batterson has this quote that I absolutely love. And he said, an inheritance is what you leave for someone, but a legacy is what you leave in them. Love that. I knew you would. <laughs> I, I love it too. Um, it's kind of a guiding way to look at legacy. It's what you leave in them. And so for me, there's really, I hope I leave a legacy of faith. I hope I demonstrate to the people in my circle, starting with my family, my immediate family, my children, my husband, my immediate family, and then branching out to our employees. I hope I demonstrate, leave a legacy that says, here's what faith in God looks like. Here's what faith in action looks like on a daily basis. It's not just something that we say, but it's something that we that we do and we demonstrate through our actions. The other thing, I hope I leave a legacy of love. I think love is such a powerful, powerful word. And sometimes we throw it around, but but I'm going back to scripture, Renee. And God says the greatest commandment Somebody asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. 
But the second one is like it. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So if I distill that down, I know you like to simplify things. I do too. <laughs> but if I were to distill that down, love God, love people. Love God, love people. If I don't do anything else during the day, Renee, if I keep that in the forefront of my mind, I'm going to love God. What does it mean to love him? And then I'm going to love Renee. I'm going to love the people that come into my life and I'm going to love them well to the best of my ability. That's true success in my mind. And I hope that when I'm gone, what I leave in people is this knowing that, wow, she loved me. She really did. She was for me. She was in my corner. She loved me unconditionally. And for parents out there, I would say, and listen, I think it's the hardest job on the planet to be a parent, <laughs> Renee. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> but regardless of what my kids are doing, I want them to know that my love for you is not based on how you're performing right now. My base, it's based on who you are. You're my child and I love you unconditionally. So that's what I have said to parents even when your child is maybe going through a rebellious time, whatever the case may be that you're going through with your children, just not without accountability. You've got to have accountability systems in place, but they've got to know that you love them no matter what. And it's powerful. Love, love covers a multitude of sin. Love is such a powerful thing. But again, it's not just a word, right? Not just a word. You know, um, a legacy of faith, a legacy of love. I can personally attest to, you know, your leadership in action that I, that I've seen, I've experienced it. I mean, you live it, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast. And I love staying connected to you because you bring the light wherever you go. It's just who you are. You know, and I think one of your favorite quotes is comes from St. Francis Assisi. And I'll let you you say it because I'll probably mess it up. But it starts with preach the gospel. Right. Yes. <laughs> preach what? the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so just but that role modeling and and presence and track record, tangible, you know, in generosity speaks volumes, you know, not only for me, but I'm sure for your team at TP. And when you were talking about, you know, how difficult and challenging it is for as parents and your approach as a parent, I'm sure that your dedication uh, to being the best parent you can be translates directly to how you lead you know, your family members at technology partners. And there's just so much we could be here for hours talking about all of this good stuff. We uh, could. <laughs> we could. There's no doubt. Lisa, but, where can people find you online? Well, the URL for technology partners is technologypartners.net. <laughs> Make sure you don't say dot com because it'll end up somewhere in cyberspace and I'll never see it. So L Nichols at technologypartner.net is my email. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can find me there. Um, 
And then I have the Something Extra podcast, which Renee, I was thinking about it. You were probably in my top 20. You you probably were in my <laughs> first 20. I've now had, I've, I've uh, released maybe 260 something podcasts now. Have you ever had a guest on twice? You know, I'm trying to think if I have. I don't think I have. So I'm all about breaking records and setting new ones. So why don't you give some thought to that? <laughs> all right. I will do it because, you know, now you have a book that's coming out and we have all kinds of things that we can talk about. So let's do it. Let's do it. 2024. Could, perfect. And it, you're celebrating your 30th anniversary in 2024 at 30th, TP? At TP, 40 in marriage, 30 oh, wow. in business. And That's then exciting. a big birthday. Okay. Are you going to say? No, I'm not going 40? there. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> I, I, I am not going. Um, do you have one or two nuggets to leave with our audience? Wow. One or two. That's That's tough because there's so many things that I could say. I would just say in terms of adversity and setbacks and thinking about down 40 love, there are going to be times where you are thinking it is, this is awful. Everything that could be going wrong is going wrong. The thing I would say is don't give up. Never, ever, ever give up. Look at maybe Renee, just here's tactically I would say the first thing is just breathe, breathe, take a step back and try to get clarity around whatever it is that you're going through. And then I would say, you're not going to be able to boil the ocean. You're not going to be able to fix anything overnight. And there's some things, listen, let's just be honest. There's some things that happen that we have no control over. We had no control over a, a global pandemic. None of us could have seen that coming. We had no control. But look at the things that you can control and think of that one thing, that one thing that you can do today to move the needle in a positive direction. Just one thing. And I guarantee you, if we do that every single day, if we just do one thing, to move it forward, you're going to make it through. You're going to get to the other side. So never, ever, ever give up. The, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but I know it's it's difficult. And for me to sit here and say, oh, it's no big deal. That's just not the case. Because there's some hard things that are thrown at us sometimes. Lisa Nichols, you're the best. I love you I and love thanks you. and thanks for being my friend. Well, thank you for being my friend. I think again, going back to that tribe and having people in your orbit, Renee, that make you better that you can give and then you can receive from. It's a beautiful gift. I look forward to seeing you again. Thank Sounds you. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs>